like to call to order the April 19, 2022 City of Angels agenda, uh, City Council meeting. Um, roll call, please, Rose. Mayor Brolius, absent. Vice Mayor Herndon, present. Councilmember Tuscornia, present. Councilmember Moncada, present. Councilmember Sherado, present. Staff is present. All right, so, Pledge of Allegiance.
I was not happy with the way he approached me, rolled his eyes at me, told him what had happened. So what do you want me to do about it? Talk to him, go do something. Can't we detain him? Something. So he drives down, and of course, there's cars lined up and people coming, so I can't see where Officer Savage went. I couldn't see the guy. I get my Jeep, drive down. I kind of see lights, but I don't see Officer Savage or the guy, so I don't know if he actually talked to him. My husband drives up. We see the guy walking down the street, and Officer Savage is watching the guy. Okay. Don't you think you should have controlled the situation, Officer Savage? and detained him and said, hey, I'm not arresting you, but for everybody's safety, maybe I need to place you in the patrol car or handcuff you or something so I can investigate this incident. Nothing like that was done. No report taken by me. Officer Savage proceeded to follow this gentleman from what I saw and my husband saw all day. He didn't get arrested, he didn't get questioned, uh, Officer Savage tried to call my phone, my cell phone, not long after it happened. But in talking with him in the past, what good is it going to do to talk to him? He's not going to listen to me. What he says goes. Doesn't matter what the law states. Officer Savage, from what I have researched, I don't know if it's going to stick or not, and if you, I can give this to you guys, it's long, just so you understand you have some reference to go by. He violated my civil rights. Pretty much dissuasion of a crime, Persuade, he dissuaded a witness. He did not take a report from me. Looked online, no report, no lock report. Criminal threats, terrorist threats. Calling me an H, come here you F and B. I'm going to kill you. All you women, I'll F and kill you while coming after me. I've highlighted stuff that pertains to that. I was in fear for my life. Yes, I was. If I had a CCW, I probably would have used it. Now I have resorted to using mace. Really? In the city of Angels Camp, I should not have to worry about calling an officer, getting help. Now I have to follow up on this. Do, where's the report? Do I have to do my own reports? And taking to social media, it sounds like this guy has been a problem before. People have had issues with him. Some have reported him. Some have reported him, some have not. All I know is something needs to be done. Um, you guys need to look into the Angel County Police Department and how they handle calls. Um, incidences. I'm just, I'll keep making media, social media posts to alert the public. And I've been thanked for it. And I've had a lot of other people come and talk to me about incidences. You're welcome to see on my Facebook page is open. Can I give you guys these? Yeah. Am I allowed to? Okay. I want it. Oh, no, I need to. Okay, yeah, be sure we have a way to contact you up there. And thank you for speaking tonight, Kim. Yeah, thank you for coming. I put phone number to everybody. Yeah, thank you. <clears throat>
Hi, my name is Mike Fish. With my wife, Kim, that was just talking to you. My thing is, if somebody's making a threat to somebody, whether it be a woman or a child or man or whatever, whether it be you or anybody else sitting in here, and they don't follow through with that threat this time, how long is it going to be before they do follow through with the threat and they do do something stupid? They beat somebody, they kill somebody, something of the nature. If you think this doesn't happen, it does. It really does happen. I know people that have had it happen to them. Me, personally, I have had a sister that has happened to okay? Whether you're homeless or not. The problem is, somebody made a threat to somebody to kill somebody, and nothing was done. Something needs to be done. When an officer doesn't take it serious, when are you going to take it serious? When is an officer going to take it serious? When one of you or anybody else gets beat, stabbed, killed, shot, who knows? Is that when they take it serious? You need to take it serious. Whether it's homeless or not, whether you have a mental, is mental issue or not, the thing is you have to take these serious. You have to take these people serious when somebody makes a threat. If I was to make a threat like that, the first thing that would happen, I would be sitting in the county jail. Okay? But nothing happened here. What would happen if he did follow through with that threat? I'd lose a wife. Possible. Very well possible. Somebody else might lose their family member. Is that possible? Yes. When are you guys going to wake up? And I'm asking you guys this seriously. When are you going to wake up? We have a homeless population in this town? Yes, we do. Are they all bad? No. Are all of them bad? I don't know. I don't know how they how they react. Okay? But the problem is, is nobody is doing anything about these people. Look at the one who was living on top of the Chinese restaurant here in town. Okay? Look at them living behind here. Look what happened down here at the park down here. The fire. Nobody is paying attention to these people, whether they're homeless or not. I help them. I do things for people. I do a lot of things for people. Okay? I, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to turn my back on them if they need something. I'll help people. But when something like this happens, that's not right. It needs to be taken serious. And that's what needs to be done. I hope you guys wake up and see this. Thank you. Did you also sign in, Mike? Yes, I did. Okay, great, thanks. Okay, any other members of the public? Seeing none, I will close public comment. That brings us to item number six, consent agenda. Um, any items on consent A through G to be pulled, anybody? Uh, we do need to pull E. E. Hold for discussion or for a later date? Uh, it needs to be pulled because we can't go on it. Yeah. Okay. So we're pulling item E. And 
Any members of the public, members of the public uh, wishing to pull any items from consent? Okay, so bringing it back, we're looking for a motion for A, B, C, D, and F and G. I'll make the motion. Caroline? All second. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Uh, that brings us now to item E, which is being pulled. Let me get to it here. Consent item E. Authorized payment to pull to Scornia Construction and budget adjustment for the emergency repair on the sinkhole at Mark Twain and Fairview Drive. Chris O'Flynn, Public Works Superintendent, has presented this item to us. Chris, do you have anything you need to present or talk about? You don't want to get chatty? Okay. Um, so it looks like the work was done on December 9th. Um, clearly, it was resolved, and the invoices come in for eleven thousand, just over eleven thousand uh, dollars, which is needing council approval. Yes. Um, anything else you need to add to that? No. Sorry. Oh, right. So then, if we don't have any questions or concerns, uh, we will go out to the public. If any member of the public here has any questions or concerns about this item, please speak. All right, so bringing it back, looks like we just need to get this item paid if, if uh, we can get a motion on that. I'll make the motion. I'll second. The two of you tonight. Okay, so I'm also in favor of that. And so 301. And the item passes. Thank you. Okay, Brown back in here. Um, regular agenda. Starting with item A, um, ordinance 524, which will be to hold a public hearing, second reading, to consider amending Angels Municipal Code Chapter 1706190, paragraphs F and K, to update the city's affordable housing incentives to incorporate off-site improvements and clarify when incentives are appropriate. Amy Augustine, please. Mayor, Council Members, this is the second reading of the ordinance introduced at the April 5th meeting. I wanted to emphasize this is for affordable housing projects only that would enter into a long-term legal binding agreement for a minimum of 30 years with the city in order to get any of the incentives listed. The incentives have already been adopted and have been in effect except for clarifying that off-site improvements could also be included in incentives and also clarifying when incentives are appropriate. Right now, the code says you have to get a density bonus in order to qualify. Well, as we all know, our topography isn't such that people tend to get more than 15 dwelling units per acre, so they don't usually get a density bonus, but they do rely on the incentives. So we are trying to clarify that also. And I would be happy to answer any questions. Okay, council. So I talked to Amy earlier today because I was having a hard time with some of these things and she talked me through it. She helped to educate me on some of the things that weren't clicking for me. Amy, I do still have a question for you. Um, 
under item two in the red line statements, under item two D, um, you're adding some language. So it says reduced on-site parking requirements, including reductions in guest parking. So what's the what's the reasoning there? What's the, the concept? We are always going to have parking issues. Yes. So um, what's the reasoning for the? So what we did was we went through the municipal code for approximately a thousand different cities of our size and found any incentives that we had not included in case somebody might want them as an option. Yes, parking was one of the few we found. So we've added it here for your consideration. The planning commission recommended that you approve it. Um, and mm -hmm. so we have it here for your consideration. So when it's absent, isn't it just on-site parking? I mean, it's to me, it's like you're doubling down. You're saying, oh, that's not on-site parking, that's a guess. Or I wanted to clarify because sometimes the law, when they wrote it, made it very clear that you could have on-site parking for yourself. Generally, in an apartment complex, guest parking is over off in a different location. Right, it's right. not technically on-site. So we wanted to make it clear that that could also apply to guest parking. So is there a set amount, like if you have a 30 unit apartment complex, are there 10 guest parking sites or is there is there some kind of ration? There is set in our code a standard, which can always be changed for any project under a use permit, but under affordable housing you can also ask to have that reduced. And you this do not have to approve it when somebody right. asks you for it. You consider it, you make sure it's safe, you make sure it's feasible, and if it is, then you would go ahead. And, and if it doesn't make sense, you And if it doesn't actually reduce the overall cost to make the units affordable, you also don't have to approve okay. I have one, one more question on the same number two. Um, how many of these incentives is a builder allowed to have? It depends on how many units of affordable housing. The more you have, the more you get. And it goes up to three. After three, you have to get a conditional use permit. Um, it's not automatic. Okay. Then my other question was item three down there at the bottom, um, additional incentives being done through the use of a, of a conditional use permit, but it's not if you're striking out the fact that it would be uh, brought to City Council by resolution. That so is correct. What are you doing there? Because under code, the Planning Commission has jurisdiction over a conditional use permit and can make a final decision unless it is appealed to the City Council. It would be the only thing in our code that would come to the City Council as a conditional use permit. So all conditional use permits die at the planning unless they get appealed. That is correct. So it's just consistent with that. Okay, that makes sense. Anybody else have any comments or suggestions? Okay, so then we should open the public hearing um, and invite any public comment on this item. Any members of the public to talk about this one? All right, we will close the public hearing and bring it back. I'm looking for um, any more discussion on this or even a motion. I'll make the motion. Caroline? 
I'll second it just to mix things up because this is about getting tired. Uh, all in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Passes. Thanks, Ray. Okay. Now we're going to move on to item 7B. Oh, um, I read it when we opened it. That part right there? Okay, we good? Yeah. Yeah, so 7B I will read though. 7B is um, also a public hearing, Ordinance 525, uh, second reading to consider amending the City of Angels Municipal Code to update the city's mobile home and manufactured housing provisions, including chapter, chapter 1709 definitions, amending 1706-110 manufactured homes as single family dwellings, Deleting 1754, Mobile Home Combining Districts, replacing it with a new chapter 1754, Mobile Home Parks and Manufactured Home Parks. Deleting 1508, Mobile Homes, Mobile Home and Manufactured Home Parks, and combining it with a new chapter 17.54. Amy Augustine, please. Mayor and Council Members, by reading that introduction, you see why we needed to do a <laughs> Obviously, this was in uh, three different places in our code, none of which were consistent with each other. The intent here is to bring them all into one place with one set of standards, as well as to make clear that mobile homes are those things built before 1976 and go into a mobile home park, whereas manufactured homes can go anywhere on a permanent foundation, and those are built after 1976. It also adds standards so that if they were to go into a subdivision, where perhaps they were not necessarily consistent with the design there. We do have some flexibility to add some limited design standards like overhangs, roof pitch, to make them more consistent. I'd be happy to answer your question. I think we're good. Thanks, Amy. We will open for public hearing. Well, staff doesn't have any views or give me the eye. We'll yeah. Go ahead and open um, for public hearing and receive public comment if anybody has any Comments on this one? All right. Close it and bring it back. Um, we don't have anything else to say. We can go for a motion on this one as well. I will make a motion on Ordinance 525. I'll mm -hmm. second. Okay. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Same sign. Okay. And it passes again, Amy. Item 7C, Ordinance 526. Public hearing of second reading to consider amending Angels Camp Municipal Code to update the city's condominium conversion provisions. Amy. Mayor and Council members, you all be devastated to hear that this is the last code amendment in our comprehensive <laughs> code update for some time. We hope um, this she one deals <laughs> with taking rentals and turning them into ownership units. It actually does, in fact, change the way that units are built, so you need a process for doing that. It also adds provisions for notifying the renters um, before they are, in fact, evicted, if that is the case, um, and giving them plenty of time to find alternative housing. I'd be happy to answer your questions. And I have a question about that. So if you, as the property owner of an apartment, decide that you want to make these an owned unit, and they are a low-income housing apartment, do they have to become a low-income no. owned unit? Okay. No, but you do have to go through a very onerous notification process uh, adopted by the city 
and the state now requires that you incorporate that into your municipal. Thank you. Any other questions for Amy? Okay, we'll open the public hearing and receive public comment on this one. Any condominium owners out there? Okay. What's the difference between a condo and an apartment? And a townhouse. Mm -hmm. Amy? What's the difference between all that language? Okay, so um, an apartment is rented and you don't own it. A condo you own, and believe it or not, the building standards are different. You have wall separations that are right. You physically are separated. Um, Nathan can probably go into the board details, but um, okay, that's a brief. And a townhome is owned. I believe townhomes are owned. Yes, they're two-story, aren't they? Townhouse versus duplex. No, I think the duplex is two. Sure. Right, but two units. Oh, and two. Yeah. I will go with your answer. <laughs> All right, thank you for that. All right, guys, looking for a motion to get this one passed. I'll make a motion. I'll second it. All in favor? Aye. 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 Okay, any opposed? Same sign. Thank no. you. Alvin, yeah, Alvin opposed. <laughs> Moving on to regular agenda item D. Discussion, direction, and action for Microsoft 365 migration. Rebecca Callan. Okay. Um, so basically, I, I think one of the things that was really obvious to me when I started is uh, the city has not invested very much in technology. Um, and so that has created a lot of limitations on what that can do. Uh, for instance, one of the frustrations is, you know, how come I don't get an out-of-office supply from you? Um, that's because our outlook doesn't have it. Um, we have no way of doing any sort of sharing of documents other than emailing them back and forth to each other or putting on the air drive. Um, we have limitations even with our email. Um, and in addition, there's just security issues. So one of the biggest issues that all agencies are experiencing right now are um, phishing and spoofing emails. And so what can happen is, uh, you know, you could, you know, you send an email out to someone, and if you don't have the right security in place, someone can actually get into your email unbeknownst to you on the back end and then take over your email account and be sending emails on behalf of you, unbeknownst to you, and unbeknownst to the person that's on the other side. Um, so, you know, when you see this on the news, um, a lot of times it has more to do with uh, ransomware, you know, and, and they've taken over your database and they're not gonna give it back to you until you pay X amount. But there's other types of fraud that can happen. So for instance, um, we deal with uh, building and planning and uh, water and wastewater. So what can happen a lot of times is we're emailing the customer, right? And we're saying, oh, your permit's gonna cost this much and your connection fee is gonna cost that much. Well, if someone was to take over our email, they actually can get in and they can say, oh, you know what? And this did happen. Uh, locally. We're not accepting checks anymore. Here's wire instructions for you to send $35,000. You 
and uh, and there, this did happen um, not that long ago, not to the City of Angels, but it did happen to another agency um, in this county, and they did it. The, the customer wired the $35,000. We had no idea that they had done that. We had no idea that someone had taken over their email. Um, and luckily, the bank was up able to get $18,000 in the back, and then the agency ended up splitting the loss with the customer because there were signs that it was fraud that he didn't pick up on. But that happens, and it's happening more and more and more and more. And so the only way you can really fight this is kind of a two-pronged approach. One is um, educating your users. That's your best line of defense, and making sure that your users know what to look for. But there's a lot of security protocols that we can put in place, but not with our existing IT. So um, Microsoft 365, as well as Barracuda, both have really great security on them. Um, and Microsoft does, Microsoft 365 does have security in it, but they're getting smarter out there and they're even able to bypass some of those security protocols. So if you combine it with Bull, you're, you're pretty well protected. Um, we also have uh, like cyber uh, liability insurance, but they're not gonna cover your losses if you didn't do the things that you needed to do in order to protect your organization and those that you're, um, you're working with. So right now, um, what we have is a model where uh, you get a new computer and we buy a license for Microsoft Office. And it's, um, it's you know, $240 or whatever it is. And then, um, and then we, just, we just keep using it until everyone's complaining because it's not working. Um, and then we'll get another license, right? So what Microsoft 365 does is number one, it's a cloud-based system. Um, so we have, in addition to the all the security, we have the ability to um, share documents, there's electronic storage, um, it comes with Teams, which is kind of what everybody's using now is, um, is online web meetings. Um, so we would have that. Um, we standardize all the software, all the um, software that we're using. So everybody's using the same version of Excel and Word and PowerPoint and Outlook and everything. Um, and then we also get um, one terabyte of cloud storage. That's another thing that we really are struggling with is we're kind of at that point, do we start changing servers out or do we start looking at more of a cloud-based um, storage system? Um, that way things are backed up. Um, and if for some reason the server dies, we still have the ability to get to those files. So the thing is, it is it's a, it's a difference in um, how we've operated. To do the migration, um, it's um, just under $11,000 over one time cost. Um, and then the annual ongoing cost um, would be just under $14,000. The other thing um, is because we have police, we have to have encrypted email. So right now, what PD is having to do is they can't send information through their email. And they can't receive information through their email that would be um, related to any investigation or confidential because it's not encrypted. So um, 
by moving to this platform, this saves on faxing because that's what's happening. A lot of things they will actually physically have to print documents out or put documents together and then physically fax them because they can't email them. So this this is a like game changer for staff on saving time and, and resources. So I mean I know you know people might look at this cost and be like but in terms of the cost of what staff um, you know, the soft costs of staff can be spending this amount of time doing something else besides sitting in the machine faxing everything. Um, the printer costs, the ink costs, all of that. Um, and just the ability for us to work more efficiently and effectively, it's, it's a game changer. And this is probably um, one of the most monumental changes that the city will do. Um, and it will be uh, very nice to be able to move on to and then what departments? It covers city, police, is it also all fire? All everybody in this. Okay. Oh, and seats too. Hmm? Any vacancies too? You're all geared up and ready to go with these numbers for so all departments. And then um, we had budgeted, if I remember right, we had budgeted for new software and stuff at the beginning of the year. Did we spend all that already? Not at this time. So um, what we're looking at is, so I think the biggest portion of that was for a Springbrook upgrade because right now we are hosted locally and we're also on an older version. And so um, that project was specifically to move to a cloud-based system and actually have it be uh, on the newer version of Springbrook. So that is definitely something we still need to do, but we won't be done with it probably by the end of the fiscal year. There is a, um, an amount that was already paid to Springbrook that they have that is just sitting there waiting for us to start billing against with regards to consulting costs. But we also have the additional licensing fees that will happen for hosting. Um, so I do have some calls uh, with Springbrook in order to set up a schedule so we can start moving forward on that. So my guess is some of that will be spent this year and then some of it would be um, budgeted for next year as well. So this is a whole new line? Right? Yes. Thank you. I think with um, the security issues that everyone's dealing with, and that's the world that I live in every day with my day job. Um, we see small municipalities getting hit all mm -hmm. the time, and it's pretty significant. Um, it's crippling, also. Mm -hmm. uh, it'll shut your your city down. Um, I think it's a minimal amount to pay for all of the benefits that you have been outlining, but also just on the security liability component of that. Um, and also, I love the fact that. Um, everything's going cloud-based for this, and it's nice to have all that storage, and it's just for historical documentation, too, um, referencing back. You can limit who gets to see what. We use this in our work as well, and we have about, I don't know, 500 people in it, and you can manage how many people and who can get in and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, just from my point of view on a safety background, I, I feel like it's something we have to do. It's something I've been worried about since I stepped onto council. Um, is this component of cyber awareness, cyber security. So, I agree. Um, 
you mentioned what is it a terabyte? I have no idea how much a terabyte is. But is there is that going to get us going for a while, and then we're going to need to buy more, or is a terabyte um, not even enough for I, everything? I, yeah. Okay. And then and we started wanting to put like every every scan stuff. So then, are we then in contract with new, new next? So Nexus would basically be our um, our no, migration. No more computer firemen. Are we? Um, he's helping us uh -huh. um, to try to mitigate some of the costs on here. Okay. Um, so uh, because what's going to happen is each each user is going to have to be touched. And um, so they're gonna. The biggest thing that they're gonna help us do is migrate all the emails that are sitting out there and get them into your the share. Um, so that's the that's the big lift on that one. And then in addition, it's also working with him to understand. And I'm gonna throw a bunch of terms here that you probably don't know what they are. Um, but Active Directory security and um, and also uh, aligning the Barracuda component with Microsoft 365, um, setting up a lot of the security protocols and helping him help us get online so that we can move forward. Um, and so it, we're trying to make it as painless as possible um, in terms of the migration, but. Um, yeah, so it's, it's going to be a combination of he's going to physically touch each user and they're going to be working with him to get that done. There should be um, other points where he's going to have to be involved up down the road. Yeah. I mean, whenever you have a turnover, you have new council members, however we are managing that, he's going to have to have that touch point and um, creating groups, creating new yeah. things like that. So it, it is a side. Yeah, you still have to have that interaction. Yeah. But that's also the nice thing with Microsoft 365 is it allows you the opportunity. So we have that where I work, and if I have to create a new user, I yep. can do that. Yeah, or I have the administrative password, yeah. or I can. Yep. So it does offer you flexibility of being able to do that in-house. Um, I think that it's necessary. I think it's something we're going to have to come up in the time, so I support this. My only other question is, there was a time where Rose was looking for software to help with her agenda, at the agendas and mm -hmm. stuff. Means that this has some shared document ability. Yeah. Is this something that can yeah. result? So we've kind of um, the other software that we're using is um, called Smartsheet, and so um, Microsoft 365 also integrates with Smartsheet. Okay. Um, and then Rose and I are going to work on where does it fit best. So um, some things fit perfect in Smartsheet, and then some things just work better on um, SharePoint. Um, so we'll have to determine which way we want to go on that. Um, Smartsheet's really great for like, like a, like you can put it all together in SharePoint and then dump it in Smartsheet and then it's like a dashboard. Um, whereas Smartsheet, or sorry, SharePoint is really good in terms of getting the agenda together mm -hmm. and also having um, a, a archival of the ordinances and resolutions and everything. But the nice part is, right now, if I'm working on an agenda item, I send it to Rose, and then I go, oh, you know what, I, you know, I need to, I need to change this one thing. Then we're having to send it back and forth. This it, live, well, yeah. it, it's it's this, it's kind of it's kind of crazy. So you have your Word document open, 
and I can say, you know, hey, Chris, I need you to fill out this narrative. Um, I've kind of put a place marker for it. Well, he can be in there typing up what he needs to type in. I can be in that document at the same time. So she can be in that document at the same time. And we're all collectively working on it. I think it's different colors, so you know who's in it. But it's one document. So it's none of this. You know, read only. Read only yeah. or um, what version? What version that was, right. You know, was that version one or version seven? I got the wrong one. I got the wrong one. Which? What time did you send it to me? There's none of that. So it's that part is really really nice. So it really helps with budget. It helps with policy development um, because that's not you don't go into a corner and do that yourself. Those are things that you're trying to collaborate with. So it's really helpful. One of the other things too that we used it for was um, specific groups had access to specific documents. Right. So if you're in a department, that department has access to those. Then there are some that all departments had access to, and I just I really um, I really coveted that piece of it. So um, it just helped on organization of all the department documents and things. Oh, I was just going to say, and if you don't have an out of office, then you probably can't open two Excel spreadsheets at once. So this will change that. <laughs> Someone wrote it to Excel and frustrating Okay, any members of the public have comments on? Come on up to the podium if you'd like, and be sure and introduce yourself as well as sign in. So we have a way of reaching out to you. Greg Douglas. Greg. Greg, sorry. Oh, sorry, Greg. <laughs> I can't hear. <laughs> it's somebody's I uh, just wanted to clarify, you guys had a question about how much the terabyte is. Oh. The terabyte, my phone has half a terabyte. It's not a lot. So for a large organization, you'll eat that up quickly. So look into additional storage because that's not a whole lot, especially if you're storing files. That's all I wanted to say. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you for that. Okay. Any other public comments? Okay, so I'd like to bring it back to council here, and if there's nothing else to talk about, looking for a motion. I'll make that motion. Caroline, I'll second. All in favor? Aye. Uh, any opposed? Okay, Rose, looks like it passed with a 4 0. Seven E um, discussion and approval of a standard city logo. Rebecca Callan. Um, okay, so uh, I I brought this up because um, I was having a really difficult time trying to find the logo that the city is using because there wasn't a logo. So um, we have that logo and we have this. Centennial logo, um, and then we had, you know, the Angels Camp logo, and you'll see them used in different places. And the other thing that was confusing me, and it was also confusing other people, is the city doesn't just use this logo. Aqua uses this logo, Destination Camp uses this logo, and other, um, it's just kind of used all over the place. So what was happening is people would get a letter or something in the mail and it's got this on it and they didn't really know if it came from the city or who it came from. And so 
what I'm used to is, um, is that the municipality has the logo, the official logo that only the municipality uses. And that's the official logo that's on your letterhead, that's on the bottom of your, you know, your signature on your email. Um, and it's just really clear that if, if someone sees that logo, it's coming from the municipality, whether it's Calabarrus County or the City of Angels or whoever. Um, so I thought, well, this is kind of a perfect time because I'm trying to get a Facebook page up, I'm trying to get the website redone, um, we're trying to um, get you know our public purchase um, site up, and so we need to have a standard logo. So, um, so that's that's where this came from, um, and then we internally kind of debated, you know, well, should it say the City of Angels or should it say the City of Angels Camp? And even though technically we're incorporated as the City of Angels, nobody, you can't find the City of Angels. You, that's not what you get when you Google the City of Angels. So, you get a link. So, um, so then the, the thought was, well, we probably just need to incorporate camp, even though technically that's not our like, legal incorporation, but in order for people to know, it's we're us um, to put that on there. And then um, I did, you know, kind of want to take that incorporated in 1912, um, so that's why that's on here. Um, Debbie had brought this logo, which Neither one of us actually has an electronic copy of this logo, so that's why this wasn't included in my packet because it doesn't exist on any of our files um, at the city. Um, and I do like the founded in 1848, so that might be nice to put on, um, on the logo as well. But we do need to just try to figure out what, what to do. Either we continue to kind of talk about it um, or move forward with some sort of direction, but um, staff like the color of the logo, the green kind of incorporates the frog um, and the frog, um, including California on it, or maybe we can put founded in, um, in 1848 along with our incorporation date, um, but really that's what it's here for. Um, and I'm not recommending that you just like go and start changing, you know, everything. But when it's time to, you know, make changes, um, then it's the perfect time to, you know, so if we buy a new vehicle, that's the right time to stick a new logo on it. Or, um, and then nobody prints letterhead anymore. Like, you don't have letterhead printed at a printer anymore. You just put it on your work document and print it. So um, those types of things, and then as people run out of business cards, they just swap it out. So it's founded in 48, but incorporated in 1912. Mm -hmm. So what are we better to use? Or to be both. Yeah. Or to be I do like that logo, and I'm wondering if we could just have somebody recreate that logo. Um, we could. I could recreate it. And you could, you know, instead of the black, have it green. Have it green and have it broad green. I do like having the incorporated and the founded on the. Is it important to California on the logo? No. Whatever we come up with, um, should we should we establish like a subcommittee? That I mean, are we going to sit here and 
say who likes what and what likes who and pink, purple, green and all that? Or should we, I mean, and then should we copyright? Do we have to copyright the logo in any way so that nobody else can use it? No? Nobody else is copyrighting that. Debbie did say that this particular one, the English stamp one, because it was branded, was copyrighted yeah, right. and trademarked or whatever, but um, she thinks we were spending $2,500 last time we did it. Mm -hmm. That's not, not yeah. Okay. Um, I do like the color of this frog. I went back and looked at what Rebecca brought to us for the lovely findings, and the frog that would be on the sign were similar to this. Oh, okay. in terms of colors, mm -hmm. I think that's good. Mm -hmm. and you have the branding mm -hmm. all the way around. Mm -hmm. I don't know that we need founded and incorporated. It's, I mean, if I'm visiting, I'm, I'm confused. I don't know what the, you know, like, the older one? Yeah, I think, I think <laughs> just one or the other. I do too. I, I you know, like the city of yeah. California established 1912. I mean, real. I like the founded 48 just because I think it goes with the whole gold rush thing. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, I mean, if I were to vote, I think I would vote on the 48. But we became a city of Angels County in 1912. So, so what were we before that? We were just uh, a location on a map. Angels County. Yeah. yeah, we were yeah. in the city of Angels. Yes. So, yeah. So what's the? I do I do like it. I like it a lot, and I do like the frog, and I like the green. Um, so I think maybe we should hear what the public has to say. Anybody else have any questions for Rebecca? Okay. So we'd like to open this item for public comment. Every. <laughs> You have to have comments. <laughs> well, I do have a question for you, Debbie, because would this would this mean that you, that DAC and or ACFA would, would gravitate over to a new logo as well, or what do you see? Well, when the branding took place, everybody was under one roof doing it together. Sure. So I don't know where that takes us, because it is trademarked and licensed with the City of Angels. And so if they're going to disband that trademark, et cetera, I don't know where that puts either ACWA or DAC, so. I think you can probably still use the logo, right? Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, it's a trademarking, it's a big deal, and uh, there's others that utilize the trademarking when they're putting it on product or they're reselling here in Angel's Camp. So we just have to look at that and understand the legal one way or the other. Um, with that being said, as I said at the last meeting during public comment, that particular logo was redesigned after the centennial or during that celebration, so it did include founded in 1946 was our history and when George Angel settled on Angel's Creek there and did his gold pan and trade posts etc and then in 1912 is when the voters incorporated the city. I personally don't think California means a great deal. I think City of Angel's Camp is important. Like Rebecca said when you google it you find Angel's Camp a lot quicker than the City of Angel's. And the green is, I think, conducive to the historicalness. Um, certainly the frog, brown frogs don't look good. Green frogs are better. Um, and I just find when, when you reprint, when you have it solid and all green, it's really hard to read your writing. Um, the white writing gets lost in that green, and I think the black would get lost in that too. So from visual, um, if you could maybe use that logo and do the brown outline and the green, frog and a green might stick out and make a more powerful uh, presence. Um, so those are some of the thoughts. I uh, reviewed it with some of the DAC and ACBA members, so that's kind of a collective um, 
thoughts. We do think we found the lead on who designed it, so I would just want to make contact with them and just confirm that I don't believe that to be trademarked at all because I don't see where, I don't find it in the trademark listing at all, but I would just want to make sure because it was during the centennial, the 100 year anniversary of the city, which was in 2012, and that's how that got designed. And it got reworked because the initial one is Rebecca says here, it just says 100 years. Mm -hmm. So that was used a little bit, but then the group like the founded. So that's kind of got revised to that. So I would just check out the trademarking because I really don't know how that works. And I couldn't speak on what ACTA might do going forward or even destinations. So, thank you. Thank you. Any other comments? Debbie forgot something. <laughs> She's still got time. <laughs> and I would just comment and support Rebecca. I think it, what's important and why it gets so confusing is if you guys settle to it, then everybody within the city should be using it. So if you look now, your fire trucks all say something else. Your police vehicles all say something else. And even within the city, this letterhead gets modified by adding the frog and the home of the jumping frog. So. I think it's really important that you know policy gets established and going forward that's what everybody's using because I think that's some of the you know why do we continue using these things or not so that would be something to uh, definitely hold on to um, is the plan eventually to change the street signs because there are problems Street signs of the current street sign. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. So I think we there's a letter somewhere where we gave you permission to use the registered frog. So I mean that I'm just bringing that up. Doesn't matter to me, but you have that frog. What is that frog? No, it's the fair's frog. This frog's the fair's frog? No, no, on the street signs. It's the fair frog. When they redid all the street signs, probably twenty years ago. Mm -hmm. They all, they all have a different product. Yeah. <laughs> so. I got a grant to do that. Yeah. It's similar to that. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's more like cutesy. Yeah, 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 they're they are to be looking like a party. Yeah, he's a bullfrog. <laughs> okay, thank you. Any other comments? Before we close public comment, or uh, bring it back to council? Okay. Bring it back to it. Okay. Okay. But you can't just not going to let the public in. She likes it. Though. I really like it. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't used it enough. Thank you. Um, so, what are you looking for? Here? Yeah. Okay. So, um, if you want, I can kind of base it kind of on this. Um, put the coloring in this. Mm -hmm. Bring back um, a couple more or a few more options, and then um, hopefully from that, you can collect one and then move forward with it. Yeah. Yeah, correct. Okay. All right, so we take some direction on that for you. Yep. Moving on to item F. Discussion on federally funded programs to assist with arrearages. Rebecca. Okay, so um, when uh, when COVID was federally declared, um, the declaration date uh, ended up 
he came in January of 2020, and I don't remember the exact date, but it was January of 2020. They, um, they, when they, when they ultimately did the federal declaration, they, that was, it was after January, but then they looked at how far back, you know, um, agencies were being impacted in terms of having to purchase more um, protected gear and disinfection and everything, it went back to January. So, um, and the other thing is, it also had identified that people potentially started losing their jobs somewhere in that January, February period, whether they were sick or whatever. Um, so when all of this started happening, the governor actually did a executive order that prevented um, agencies from shutting power off or shutting water off. Um, we can't legally shut off sewer, it's a health and safety issue, but you can shut off water. Um, and that has, this is the first time this really has ever happened um, for water uh, and utility agencies. So normally what would happen is for um, water utility agencies, if you don't pay your bill, get door tagged mm -hmm. and water gets shut off. And um, this doesn't go on for a very long time. You don't get your water turned back on unless you come in and you pay your bill. And so when this originally happened, I don't think anyone, I, I think it was, you know, like, well, maybe it's only going to be for three months or four months, not two plus years. So um, there was no way for utility companies to have any idea what the um, what the amount of delinquencies were ultimately going to be, and uh, so what the state came up with was a program where they were able to get some of the, um, the federal funding to actually create an order for them, but there were terms on that, and so it only went from um, January. Oh no, it was from March of 2020 through June of 2021. And in that period of time, those accounts had to have been delinquent for 60 or more days. Okay? We just got the money. So um, the problem is, even though those arrearage accounts may have been delinquent during that period of time, um, the state only allowed us to, so one thing, they only allowed us to report water delinquencies, not wastewater delinquencies. And they said, well, depending on the magnitude of what's submitted for water delinquencies statewide, if there's any money left over, then we'll open it up for you to then report wastewater arrearages for that same period of time, March of 2020 or June of 2021. So the thing is, we still couldn't shut water off and people still were not necessarily paying their bills for June, July, August, September, like keep going, right? So even though we did get $80,000 for water arrearages and we have applied those to those respective accounts, um, and so those, those credits occurred on those accounts and we were able to credit them to uh, closed accounts and open accounts. Um, 
ones that went to collections, um, there's still a slew of accounts that are still delinquent. Like that didn't clear the whole negative balance. Um, so the um, we did report out our wastewater averages, and we'll just have to see what we might get. We have no idea for that same period of time. For that same period, of time. just that March to June just wastewater. That, now. Just that March to okay. June. Um, so we submitted 99 accounts, and um, and when we distributed across all those accounts, it ended up being 90 accounts that we were able to actually contribute um, these funds to. 31 were closed and 59 were still active, meaning those are still current accounts. Um, and the other nine were wastewater only or they no longer had an arrears balance and were closed, okay? So um, we ended up also uh, being able to apply because there wasn't just water City of Angels water arrears. There was also the component of the UWPA um, piece of the bill that was also in arrears. So we were able to credit both of those. Um, and then we get to um, also take a little bit of administrative charges. So um, you know, we literally have to sit there and count by account by account to figure out. Well, which portion's water and which portion's wastewater, and were they 60 days from this date or 60 days from that date? So it took a tremendous amount of staff time to initiate that list to begin with, and then to sit there and try to apply what we could apply. Um, so that's what that administrative charge is. So um, in addition to that, a part of the terms of that arrearage program is couldn't charge any late fees, and we still cannot continue to apply any late fees. And any of those accounts, we have to offer the payment plan options, and they have up to 12 months to pay their arrearage. Um, so, uh, but the, the deal is, uh, if they enter into a payment plan, they have to remain current on the current bill, and they have to remain current on their, um, their payment plan. If they default on their current bill and or they default on their payment plan, then we can start the shutoff proceedings. It still gives them quite a bit of time before we can actually shut them off, but that's the deal. So um, they, we can't charge any interest. The interest is pretty long. 12 months. They get 12 months to pay off their then delinquent it's back to, okay. Then it's back. Yeah. And they have to remain current on the current bill. Yeah. Okay. So um, the other thing is uh, the city was receiving funds for uh, door tax. So we would, we would charge fees for door tax. We would charge fees for uh, shutting off the water. And we would charge fees for restoring the water. And we would charge for liquids. Okay. So we were getting revenue off all those components. We are not getting any of that revenue right now. Because we can't charge late fees, we're not doing door tags, we can't shut off, and we're not restoring because we're not shutting anything off. So there is a hit to our revenue. But the arrears program didn't really deal with that, so they just kind of said, too bad, so bad. 
So um, that's just something that we, we just have to keep in mind on this. The um, other programs that are out there, so I did submit an application for, it's called LEWAP, but it's Low Income Household Water Assistance Program. It's kind of like LEAP, which is the, um, it's the PG&E uh, equivalent. It's the electrical uh, equivalent for low income. Oh, so the other thing is that a rear program was not income based. You could, they didn't care what you made or why you weren't paying your bill. If you had a delinquent balance and it fit in that period of time, then we could credit your account. If, um, but for LEWAP or for these other uh, programs that are out there, it is income based. So, uh, so you, have to you have to qualify for it. And ways to qualify would be if you're on um, the community low income with the care um, the care program for PPE, um, if you can dem demonstrate that you feel um, uh, you know, aid with uh, the county, those types of things that you can get. So um, in order to submit for the LIWAP program, the, the utility jurisdiction had to apply for the LIWAP program and then agree to receive funds for the LIWAP program. So, we are going to put this, uh, and we've been just waiting for the state to finish the portal piece for customers. And I need to check it today, or not, I'm not going to check it. I need to check it probably tomorrow to see if it's up, um, because we have some delays sitting that up and running. So if it is, we'll go ahead and we'll post it on our Facebook page, uh, and then we'll start including that in outreach um, information to customers. But they can apply for LEWAP. It is income-based, and um, it will uh, not only will it help customers that have still remained delinquent, maybe from that June through current, it'll also help them um, for another 10 months of uh, assistance with their goal. Um, it's uh, I believe it might only be for water, but I need to confirm on that one. Um, so we'll be getting that information out there. And then the other program that was out there, but it, it's, its deadline has passed now, was the Housing Institute program. And that was um, if you uh, were a landlord, you could apply for it. If you charge, part of your rent that you charged was also included um, uh, utilities. Um, or as a tenant, you could apply for it. So, um, but they have to apply for that, and again, it was income. Uh, so we are working on outreach to the delinquent accounts right now. We did put it on the bills that if you see a credit on your bill, it's because of this arrearage program through the um, through the state, uh, and then we will reach out to them in terms of offering payment plans. Um, and then also that there are uh, the LEWAP program. Uh, so we still have um, some pretty significant uh, delinquencies. And the thing that you just need to be aware of is that those delinquencies, um, we just didn't have the, the same ability to recruit those um, delinquencies like we normally would have. And we're talking about a two-year period. So um, 
if, for instance, we have, we've got a couple of accounts that have massive uh, wastewater uh, delinquencies, and that property has sold, we're not getting it. So any property, uh, so if there are open delinquencies on a property, and we can't get any payment plans, we can't get any progress at all, not only can we shut the water off at that time, we can also put a lien on the property for those delinquencies. Um, the caveat is, if those delinquencies occurred under a previous owner and that it's sold, we can't do anything. It's, it's an unsecured base. I mean, we could give it to the tax collector as an unsecured lien, but to follow the previous owner, right? Um, yeah, which means so we'll send those to collections, but the collections generally doesn't have a real high success rate. So what ultimately will happen, is you'll be seeing a council packet at some point for this purpose, we'll have to discharge the amount. So that will be coming. These accounts that were, that these 31 accounts that are closed, are they um, properties that have sold? So basically, these are all lost revenue for us um, all together. If if the uh, not necessarily so on some of them they paid part of it but not all of it. So we were able to post the water portion on the average. Um, some of them were water only with no sewer. So those we were able to post there. Um, the ones that. Uh, yeah, and then the other ones, if they had any delinquencies after that June date, there might be, you know, and they sold like in July, August, September, there might be a little, a little holdover that we wouldn't be able to get. It was, uh, yeah, and I would say, had, had we received the funding earlier, so the, the problem is we couldn't do anything. So the state kept saying, okay, if you apply for this arrearage money, we can't tell you how much you're gonna get. You might get what you submit, but you might not. It just depends on what everybody else does. And if you don't submit anything, then you just have to go out and try to get the money yourself. So a lot of utilities ended up going ahead with the arrearage program, but it blocked you from doing anything else. Like you couldn't enter into a payment plan because you didn't know, well, am I getting the full thousand that you owe me or I'm only getting $300? You don't, you didn't know. So you couldn't really enter into a payment plan yet and you couldn't charge them late fees and you still can't walk them off because that executive order was still in place and then it got switched with the legislative um, uh, action. And then even once the, the you can legally shut their water off, we're still waiting for the arrearage amount, and we still don't know how much we're going to get. So um, we didn't get that arrearage until February. Yeah, we just got it. So are you now allowed to hang late fees yes. and stuff? Yes. So you can start paying. But <laughs> if the account is currently delinquent, we have to offer them a payment plan, and we have 30 days to respond to us if they want. If they just become delinquent, if they are no, no, if they're in the if they're still delinquent.
if it <coughs> false. If well, if they were already delinquent um, and we they were part of this program and it cleared them up and it cleared them up, then we're good for this moving on. And as long as they're staying current, we're good. If they were got some of this as a, as a credit and they still were delinquent, we have to reach out to them and offer them a payment plan, and they have 30 days to get back to us. If they're just delinquent now, um, there was a Senate Bill SB 998 that went into effect um, in 2019, and it says that if you're delinquent, you still have to offer them a payment um, that has nothing to do with this. It's pretty COVID, um, and so that's the piece that didn't quite ever make it to cancel, and then COVID happened, and then calls or emails? We're going to have to do physical letters because we have to be able to track 
that we in fact reached out to them um, and whether they're responding or not. So it's actually going to be a really great, yeah, smart team. But, um, okay. So, uh, and the other thing is, and this is also not that uncommon, we don't have everybody's contact information. So, um, we'll send bills out and we'll get returns because we don't have their mailing address. Um, and we don't have the phone numbers for them. So some of these is, some of these ultimately what's gonna have to happen is um, we're gonna have to have press hand delivery. Hand deliver some of these. So we can't get a hold of them. Sorry. So essentially this is gonna be a pretty decent hit yeah. to numbers pretty high. The budget, the numbers are pretty high. It's gonna be a, a loss, yeah. And the good news is Water and wastewater revenue are projecting higher than what we budgeted um, for this year. And this was um, for last year. And so, I mean, this, this was part of the problem also is that um, we couldn't through, and, and CCWC has the same issue, um, because your, their rates had a, it was a five-year rate plan, and we all, so it's escalating every year, and then the same thing here, the rates are escalating, and so you couldn't justify revenue loss because technically your revenues were going up, even though a portion of that increase is because your rates were increasing. And so if we had been able to show a revenue loss, then they would have kicked in part of the arrearage for our loss of revenue. But we couldn't do it here, and I couldn't do it at CCWB. Okay. So, the question in terms of time frame, are we thinking of a year? Or how long will this all start to straighten out? So, I need to work on getting that outreach packet and work with staff to get that, get that going. So, we have a start point. And then um, from there, then we will, um, we can start tracking how long. So it's, it's really going to be over the next 30 days from when we send that out, where we know who's getting shut off and who's going to move forward with the senior plan. Um, and then anyone who's new, we just have to, you know, as part of the um, pass-through process, we just have to say, you know, you can, you can have a payment plan, we have to offer it to them, but they don't get the 40 days like we want to get the 30 days. And then you are able to charge a turn on, turn back on fee? If, they, if, they if we have to shut, yeah, so once they kind of have gone through all the hurdles, once we've gone through all the hurdles with them, if we have to shut it off, we charge them, we'll charge them a door hanger fee, we'll charge them a disconnection fee, and we'll charge them a restoration. Can we increase that so we can get some <laughs> We can only increase it to what it actually costs us. Oh, $95. And as far as the lanes and the benefits of the winter, So our, um, our agreement with, with utilities mm -hmm. is on the property. So whoever owns the property. So yeah, so th this is the thing is uh, we'll have uh, property owners that will come in and they'll say, you know, even during COVID, can you please just shut their water off because they're not paying the rent mm -hmm. and they're not paying the bill. 
and we can't do that. And ultimately, it's the property owner's responsibility to destroy it. So um, this is kind of where the frustration comes back on us, is when it gets to the point where we have to put a lien on the property, the property owner obviously is very upset because they expected their renter to pay the bill, and they didn't, and now we have to put a lien on the property, which is the property owner's responsibility. But we do try to make sure the property owners understand that when they're originally signing up for service. But you know, when they've owned the property for 20 years, I think there's an agreement together. Yeah, there's an agreement. Because I remember I had to do that. There's an agreement that the the property owner has to come in and sign, and then your renter can go in there and get sign up for water. Yeah. Any public comment on this? Nobody. Okay, so Rebecca, you're just looking for nothing. Comment. It was nothing just to let you know, and part of the arrearage program is just outreach. We just needed to have this discussion publicly. Yeah. We can point to it. You guys know what it is. You can communicate with your constituents, and everybody knows what's going on. Perfect. Thank you. Okay, moving on to 7G discussion and approval of a transfer of funds from UPA Reserve account held with Mechanics Bank. And adopt resolution 2213, rescinding resolution 9645. Rebecca. Um, so I've been looking under couch cushions for money. And uh, yeah, I, 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 I So we, uh, I was going through all of our base statements and trying to organize everything. And we have a couple of accounts at Mechanics Bank. And one of them is for our uh, the Greenhorn Assessment District, but then there was this one, and I didn't really understand why we had this one. And um, so I looked at the, um, well, so the conversation that came about is our um, our TPA firm, auditor, said, hey, you're not supposed to have more than $250,000 in this account, and we had $276,000. And so I went back to, you know, so my original thought was, oh, I just need to bring it to council and have it reduced, you know, down to 250. But then when I started looking at it and what the point of that out external checking account was, I started realizing there is no point in having it in there. So back um, when this uh, resolution was originally created, it, it was when, um, the City of Angels, UPUD, and CCWD were all in that GPA. And each one of us was responsible for holding our own reserves, specifically for UWPA. And um, when CCWD uh, exited the GPA, and then it was just UPUD and the City of Angels, it was decided that UWPA would actually hold their own reserves and that the members of the JCA would fund those reserves that would be held at UP, uh, UWPA. Um, and this was never closed. It just kept, the, the money just sat there. And so the other thing is this particular account was specifically funded so that there was reserves for debt service associated with um, uh, when they purchased the um, Angels Utica system to begin with. Well, that's all paid off. There, there isn't any debt anymore. And UWPA has their own reserves that they hold, 
that's all discussed at the budget meetings, um, at the budget committee through WPA. It's part of the money that we give them every year and we give them every year. And so this doesn't actually need to be here. So when I looked back, trying to figure out, well, where did this money even come from? It actually was pulled from um, the Water Capital Replacement Fund. So 250000 actually needs to be moved back to the Water Capital Replacement Fund, which Chris is very excited about. And the remaining portion is, um, is theoretically from um, uh, collections of that UWPA uh, fee that's on the, the city books. So we can use that difference um, to offset the remaining payment for the year to UWPA and then close this account. Okay. Anybody have any questions for Rebecca on that one? Oh, that was a big couch question. That's good. That's a good time. Okay. Any members of the public have any comments on this item? Okay. So I'm looking for a motion. Uh, two part. It looks like that you need a resolution and the rescind or. What are you looking for on this one? Yeah, so I need um, approval of the resolution mm -hmm. and then I need approval of the budget, budget transfer. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'll make the motion to approve, uh, adopt resolution number 2213, which rescinds 9645 as well as the budget transfer. I'll motion. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Any opposed? Okay, that passes. Thank you. <clears throat> Item H, discussion of engineering services contract and approval of budget amendments. Rebecca. Uh, okay, so um, when I first started, uh, Rebecca Nealon um, was kind of catching up on what she needed to catch up on, and I'm trying to catch up on what I'm trying to catch up on. And um, I think it was maybe a month in, and she said, I think there's a problem with the, the contract, what was budgeted for the contract. And, um, and I was looking at it one way, and she's trying to look at it this other way, and neither one of us can really figure out what what we're really supposed to be looking at yet, and we're still trying to uncover everything. So ultimately, what I found was that the the contract had a um, a change order that would incorporate um, kind of like an engineering technician, and um, so it was going to be the, the contract was going to be one hundred sixty-three thousand dollars annually. And then there was um, a change order to the contract increasing at $57,360. But um, that was not incorporated in the, in the following budget. So what we had budgeted for this fiscal year was only $163,000. And so when she started tracking the invoices against uh, that, she realized it's, it's not working. So. 
um, a couple of things. The reason you're seeing um, that we're only increasing by 40,000, and part of it is for um, um, wastewater versus part of it is for the general fund, is because what well, we ended up using a lot more engineering services on the wastewater side, um, and we only needed the 26,000 for the engineering services. This whole contract, we really do need to go and re-procure it anyway. So this is really just to get us through the fiscal year that we're gonna need to re-procure. And we're gonna look at changing up the contract and the scope of, um, of that, um, that proposal anyway. So this just gets us through the end of this fiscal year. And then we'll have to get together and figure out exactly what we need to scope um, for city services going forward. So this is um, really the budget transfer that I'm asking for and then I just included the, um, the staff report in addition to the contract itself and then the task order where they're increasing it by that um, portion for the uh, engineering technician. Okay, I have a question. So, this budget had 163,000. Yep. But there was 40,000 that went to the Cindy city engineer. Um, so, this budget, um, so this, we're only amending these two line items. There was also a water component here, but I'm not adjusting the water component. So that's why you only see two lines on the budget adjustment. Because mm -hmm. I'm not increasing the water budget, I'm only increasing the wastewater and the general fund portion. So if, if, if I add, if I put the water one on here, it would the um, the budget would actually be 163 and then I'm adding 40. Does that answer your question? Well, no, but I'm, no, because I'm wondering, the city engineer contract got an additional $40,000. Is that what I'm seeing? The augmentation. Are you budget. looking at the budget adjustment? No, I'm looking at the discussion. On your staff report. On the staff report, on the discussion. So, you budgeted 163 yep. for annually, which was a shortfall of 57000 but 40000 was added to the city engineering contract. Is that what I'm reading? No, I think. Sorry. Well, yes, it, it it is. So we're not actually increasing it by the fifty-seven three sixty. We're we're only increasing. We're so what what was actually approved in this budget was two hundred and three thousand. Um, because there were other things going on here. So it was the one sixty-three. Then there was an adjust. There was a task order for something else beyond the one sixty-three. But what it didn't include was the engineering technician. Okay. So there was a. It was for the forty thousand. Yeah. Based on our budget, um, that binder that we had, it said the forty thousand was to increase engineering services and to accommodate task orders associated with community concerns and any of those things. So that forty was. Yeah. But it was taken away that. from the engineering technician. Is what I'm asking, I guess. It yes, it was. 
so there there so we ended up needing more engineering services on wastewater because we had the um what is that permit mpdes permit um yeah. stream discharge the stream discharge that has to be done every five years that was not contemplated in this budget at all and then um the water one we were fine and then roads we were okay but the engineering technician wasn't there nothing was budgeted for that there's a shortfall there there's a shortfall okay I think it actually should have been increased based on what we were provided, but it wasn't actually. It wasn't actually done. said decrease. All that should have been increased, like what wasn't added, but it should have actually been added. Yeah. These are, this is from our binder. That's from your binder. From budget? Yeah. Oh. No. Okay. The one that we approved. Okay, we thought we were saving money. Yeah. No. So, yeah. And so what actually got put in was what's on the first page of the statute, which was the 81200 and the 81200 mm -hmm. and the 40600 for a total of 203. Mm -hmm. Okay, so this will clean up this current fiscal this year. We're going to re-procure and it's going to be a new contract. Yeah. Um, it just got nice during budget. Yeah. Any other questions again? I have a request. Um, on a, items like this, where we have someone like Rebecca who's coming, is it possible to move her up so oh, we can move yeah. that out faster because I know yeah. we get charged for her time? And so I just want to make sure that we make the most of it. Yep. Okay, public comment on this one. Let's get going. Anybody have anything to say? Rebecca, you want to get paid? <laughs> I would love to get paid. <laughs> And I'm not turning to this hour, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> right time we council. Uh, looking for a motion to um, approve this budget amendment. I'll make the motion. All second. All in favor. Aye. Aye. Opposed? Okay. Okay, item I, discussion and direction regarding fireworks in the City of Angels. Okay, so um, I've got a lot of questions about this one because there was an urgency ordinance that was passed in June of 2021. And uh, there was an urgency ordinance passed at the county level and there was an urgency ordinance passed at the city level. And the, um, the concern that a lot of people had is that there wasn't an end date in the urgency ordinance. So by default, when the urgency ordinance is approved, um, it, it dies after 45 days unless it was extended by the council. So like the council or the board at the county could have said, um, this urgency ordinance will stay in effect for five months or six months or whatever, but they can't go beyond 10 months. So that's, in, that's actually in the code. That's the statute that cap. So I don't know if I um, so in our case, I think how it read is that it would go for, yeah, whatever it was. Anyway, it's irrelevant because the time has already passed and the 45 days is gone. So the point of this is there is no BM of fireworks in the city of Angels. So um, I've gotten a lot of questions uh, about it and a lot of people have asked about, well, we want to do the fundraising for the fireworks and, you know, when is the council going to, you know, 
within the ordinance, you don't have to do anything. It's, it's done. Okay, anybody have anything to say about that? Anybody in the public keep a comment on this fireworks situation? Okay, go ahead. Veronica Matilde, sorry, there's a sign-up sheet here. I'm like, yeah, if you want to sign up, that's great. <laughs> um, just wanted to say that uh, I'm in support of having fireworks on the 4th of July, which is our nation's Independence Day, and just to put a lot of people's minds, hopefully, at ease. Um, records show that in the um, past 15 years in Angel's Camp, um, that there was one incident of uh, firework, safe and sane fireworks that caused a small fire that was extinguished, nothing threatened. Um, and uh, that I know that the uh, chief and the, and the uh, marshal have been working on making sure that lots are cleared and that, that um, areas are safe. So, in that, I'm just going to do fireworks again on the July. <laughs> um, so, I just hope that people aren't worried. I think we have a very capable um, fire department, and I think that people are very aware of being safe in Angel's Camp. You know, we have a lot of smart responsible people that love their their little town. So, thank you. Thank you. Any other members of the public? Okay, bringing it back to council. Um, so this is dead. So do we just, we, we don't need to do anything else we want to. Okay. Now if the county yeah, that's the only thing I thought that, you know, yeah, we kind of fell behind the county last time to be consistent. I haven't heard anything and at all. they throw up another emergency ordinance, and we'll be right back we'll in the... Right back in this. It's only up to the council. I think if, we, if, if we're not doing anything now, and if nonprofits go out and, and start to buy the, fire, the safe and sayings and the storage of them all and everything then we're in we're we're more than just a little bit pregnant at that point. Just <laughs> I know I don't think we're supposed to do it twice. Um, from what I know, the county, even though they had their emergency then, also had a ten dollar permit from what I hear. And then magically they get fireworks. So um, that's odd. <laughs> Nate, have you heard anything from the county no. considering a band? That, are they aware that there's has, has fallen? Has it's been cryptic. So they, haven't, they haven't even talked about the topic at all. Yeah. Anybody else? <clears throat> okay. Um, Okay, item J, discussion, direction, and action on parade fee waiver, adoption of resolution number 21, I'm sorry, 2212, approving a no fee waiver policy. Rebecca. Um, okay, 
So, um, staff get requests to waive fees um, all the time. And so they're historically the, the, the administrator has done it or staff has just done it. Um, and, and, and the reality is the direction on whether staff should or shouldn't be waiving fees has changed depending on Waiving fees is a gift of public funds unless there is a public good for it. And when you waive fees, you have to supplement that loss with discretionary funds because there is a cost. That fee is not a revenue uh, creator, it's a cost it's the fee is created in order to offset your physical cost. So it's staff time, materials, supplies, contractors, whatever. So it's not it's not just a let's just charge a hundred dollars because we want to and we want to make money. It's actually to offset real costs. And so because of that, you can't charge more than what the fee costs. And if you're going to waive the fee, you have to supplement it with discretionary funds, which would be uh, property taxes, sales tax, or TOT. Those are our discretionary funds. And there has to be a public good associated with it for not for it not to be a um, considered against the public funds. Um, this is all the government though, by the way. So um, we don't have a policy on it and um, and my concern is, you know, if council changes or staff changes, we're just right back here again with people deciding to do whatever they're going to do. So it's better to have this um, officially, we either do or we don't, right? And my recommendation to alleviate um, the, the staff from having to pick and choose is to just say, no waiver. And, um, and anyone can request a variance of any policy of council, and that's all of this. So by saying no waiver, we're having no waiver policy, it doesn't preclude anyone from asking for a waiver, but they have to come to council. And then, you know, you have to understand what that means, what the costs are, what you're waiving, why you're waiving it, and then um, there also has to be a budget in it. So um, that's my recommendation um, in terms of the overreaching policy of waiver. Um, the last meeting, the uh, the cost uh, that was requested to be waived was for two banners and um, for the kitchen rental, which the kitchen rental is two hundred dollars per day. Um, those were approved at the April fifth meeting. The current request that you have before you as part of this item is related to the parade. So the parade fee is $339.45. In addition to that, we generally require a deposit to offset additional staff costs. So PD, public works, and um, if the costs end up being more than that, then we would send a bill or whatever that amount is. We met with uh, Lori Jamie, the fair CEO, 
and talked about what you know what this parade was going to be. So where do we where do we need to have the hard blocks? You know, roadblocks. Um, where does the signage need to be based on the, the traffic permit? Um, what kinds of signs? Is there anything that we need to purchase ahead of time? Um, how much staff do we need to have and for how many hours? And what we came up with is um, there would be $750 in staff time and the parade fee is $339.45. So uh, based on that discussion, Ms. Junie uh, was taking it back to her board and she was asking that the city waive the parade fee and they would be willing to pay for the staff hard costs of the $750. So that's what they're asking for. What do we decide on our inventory of signs? Are we able to use the signs that we have or do we need to We, we can, and then she's um, having three. Yeah, she's having three. Because uh, one of our signs is old, and our three of our signs are pretty old. So she was going to have those printed um, to to use those instead of our big um, ones, and then the rest of them we're going to um, use those. And then uh, I spoke with Rebecca Nealon. Um, we're going to uh, go back and dust off. Um, the discussion room pre-COVID about doing a uh, engineering plan associated with our signage in the city so that we are up to date and all legal and kumbaya with, with the signs that we need to have and make sure that we have the right signs. Um, uh, she uh, also reached out to uh, uh, Middleton's Cow Lumber and Hickle Food Market for two, um, well no, so I guess it would just be two. High school. High school. Um, to put, uh, to have them update their signs. Um, and then also we have two signs that we can use beforehand, letting people know of the um, road closures. And then Chris um, Flynn is also reaching out to um, another uh, option for a third sign that we might be able to borrow. Um, so, and then uh, our other concern was with her large trucks, so specifically logging trucks, specifically SBI. So Lori reached out to SBI just to let her know, um, maybe don't uh, call during this period of time. So uh, we have that conversation. I think we've got everything figured out on who needs to be doing what and where and when. Um, and that's, I think, we'll be good. Um, I did have a question or a comment or question. I, I, I find it silly that as a banner is $500 and a, a parade is $340. It seems silly, because but we don't have to pay for Right, but what, how, how did you come up with the 340 for a parade? Um, I would we'd have to go back and look at how that fee came to be. It's on the master fee schedule. But that doesn't include fire that doesn't include the additional and everything else for that. That would come later. That's part of the 750. Yeah, right. That's the estimated. Um, my my guess, and we go back and look, but my guess is um, when you have a meeting like we just had, you have the city administrator, 
the public works superintendent. Um, you have engineering staff involved in it. Um, so all those yeah. people are not just at that meeting. We're also having other discussions in addition to that. So when you add up all of our yeah. hourly rates, it just seems cheap. Like maybe I want to have a flamingo parade because it's only four hundred dollars. <laughs> I would say. <laughs> so, I, so stupid question. It's seven hundred and fifty dollars. Oh yeah. So yeah, they they well in Caltrans we the the conversion. right. So there's there is a yeah because it's a Caltrans. But that way, but so if you wanted the flamingo one, you would have to pay the increase. You'd have to pay the increase. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, so the $750 is a guesstimation of what the... We based that on the Year's length time. of time. No, so we sat down and we figured out how year, many hours. Because you're like 1500 or whatever the last, the last year, not but, last year. But we didn't have any part of that way. Okay, so then the 1500 that year included the 339 or mm -hmm. what? Mm -hmm. I'm just, my question is: Is the 750 getting us close to being made whole if we only wait for 339? Um, it doesn't see for right like my time here and the time and other people's time that are involved in this. It pays for the people that will be out there on that day that need to be um, right. part of that parade on that day. Yes. Hey, any members of the public? Um, I would just like to thank the council for their consideration. I feel like when um, we all sat together that it was definitely a partnership and that we were able to figure things out. One thing Rebecca didn't mention that we are doing on our side is I have two Oh, yeah, board. sorry. That's okay. I have two board members that are going to be um, all the businesses that are affected by the road closure. We have gift cards to the fair and a letter thanking them that I have board members that will be passing out. So it's because um, we realize that they're making a sacrifice too. So, um, and we are going to provide those signs updated and I found out from Caltrans what you know the colors they wanted them to be everything so um, <clears throat> I just thought it was a great meeting and um, Rebecca is just wonderful to work with and so it was good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Any other public comments? I'm glad that you guys had a great meeting. That's nice. Um, I do think that the parade really is uh, part of Angels Camp history, um, and it's one of those those things that makes this such a special little town. Um, obviously, our fair brings in tons of people. Uh, everyone wants to go to the park jump, um, and this this parade is tradition. Uh, if, if you ever get a chance, look up the history of it. And it's pretty special, and um, you know, there's nothing better than supporting the kids and letting them have a good time and thinking, you know, how special it is that here comes Frog Jump. So. Thank you. Thank you.
Anybody else? Okay, we'll bring it back to council. And anybody has anything to say or ready for a motion on this one? I'll make a motion that we waive the gray fee. Okay. Uh, all in favor? Aye. 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 So that passes. Okay, so we now we need a resolution, a motion on the resolution. Um, I will make a motion on the actual resolution number 2212 for a no fee waiver policy moving forward. All in favor? Aye. Okay, that concludes that. Takes us now to the administrative report. Um, okay, so uh, let's see. Um, uh, the Facebook page for the city camp is up and running. Um, so make sure you share it. So that's the only way that people know that it's even out there. Um, so we're going to be putting a lot of um, pertinent information on it. Um, that generally is the way a lot of people are on the so, is it just the um, Angels Camp, or is it City of Angels Camp? City of Angels Camp. Um, in addition, uh, uh, Nate is actually going to be sending me some information that we can post on there as well. He's working on the uh, the uh, <coughs> abatement notices right now and sending all those out. So uh, we want to make sure everybody is staying on top of that before uh, it starts getting hot and before we're like smack dab in the middle of fire season. So um, identifying the properties that need to get a little cleanup done. So he's working on that. So um, we'll be posting that as well. And those notices are going out, like I said. So if you're anything, can I ask you a question? Nate, can I ask you, have you found that the public is doing yard maintenance more so or not? Um. Probably, thank you. Um, probably as a whole, they're a little bit better, but uh, the problems are always still the problems. Uh, a lot of people get it, but a lot of people don't either have the time or the funding or, or the desire to do it. So um, we generally get pretty good voluntary compliance, um, and then after the first notices go out, we get about 95% compliance, and then that 5% is what we do. Are you allowed to post their names publicly? Right? Like on our Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is fire danger stuff. So. I leave that at your description. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming it's a lot of the same folks year after year. So, yeah. Okay, so that's good enough. So, in addition, um, thank you. We are live with uh, public purchase for the city, and we posted our first. Um, request on there it went uh, it was uh, released on uh, April 4th uh, the nice part with public purchase is we can get statistical information in terms of who's looked at it versus who's actually downloaded the packet um, so you might look at it and go mm, it's not really something I want to respond to but if you download the packet it means you've already kind of made it through that first scoop so you know we might get responses from there um, I think 65 looked and 35 actually downloaded the packet, and that's for the building official plan review and code compliance. Um, 
So I think we're going to get some pretty good uh, responses. It closes on May 6th. So uh, historically, my experience is everybody waits until the last minute yep. to submit the proposal. So that's what I'm expecting to happen. Um, I am uh, discussing with CityGate just in terms of trying to get our um, schedules up to um, on the same page so that we can start discussing um, scopes. So we can bring that back to the council and have a conversation. Uh, we did just get some good news. Uh, Amy sent out that um, California Fish and Wildlife uh, approved our um, uh, the the um, us crossing the swirling crossing the the creek uh, crossing over here. Um, so that was a project that we were looking at the. Um, the ARPA money or the local assistance money that we are receiving, so it's nine hundred and something thousand dollars. Uh, we received four hundred seventy-three thousand this year, and then we're receiving the other half of it um, this next fiscal year. Uh, that is a perfect opportunity to use um, on that project, but there is a window of time that we have to be in construction and have construction finished. And if that was held up, I wasn't sure if we were going to be able to make it on that, so we'd have to find another project. Um, but they cleared it, so um, it's a perfect it's a perfect opportunity for us to move forward and we have the funding now to move forward on that. I think the most expensive version of that project I think was one point five million. So nine hundred more thousand, we just have to come up with the other portion. Um, so I'm excited for that. Did that already go out to bid and everything? No. no. Okay. We just got notification. We didn't want to go there if that was going to be held up because that could be for quite a while. So um, I reached out to um, to Dewberry to discuss um, kind of different scopes of work so that we can start moving forward on getting that out there. So that'll be exciting. Um, I'm working with uh, Chris Jack. Um, on the website, so I'm hoping to get that done here pretty soon. Um, at this point, it's so bad. I'd rather just like have it go live minimally and then just add uh, additional whatever to it because um, it's just really frustrating for any of us who are actually to work on that website. Um, we did interviews uh, for the account technician and for the finance director. Um, unfortunately, we're going back out for the account technician and we're um, continuing to have conversations with the finance director on uh, So hoping to hear something back um, by the end of the week. And, and oh, and then the only other thing is I did um, submit an application for uh, the FEMA Public Assistance Grant um, for the COVID-19 emergency, uh, uh, emergency protective measures. So that would be our um, cleaning the bathrooms, the additional disinfecting um, <laughs> chemicals that we have to buy, or all of our um, PPE, all of that. Um, so I'm submitting a package to them. Um, so hopefully we can get those uh, cost reimbursed as well. Great. Okay. okay.